Yeah. No. Maybe so. The end is nigh, ladies and gentlemen. The end is nigh. Disclaimer. I do not own the rights to any of the music that will be played in this here episode. All fair use. We're just here to entertain and engage and educate, baby. So if you don't like it, just dislike it. Don't sue me. Boo me. My name is Langston Mel. Welcome to episode 68 of the Isolated Thoughts Podcast. Masego. GDG, Rhapsody, take us into the new year, baby. Lego. Banging on my door, my dear, my dear, my dear. I hear the shots ring, lay on the floor. I don't fear anyone but the maker, cause we could never murder. You can't murder hate, but you can murder a hater. Don't murder anybody. I don't condone violence. <laughs> Again, my name is Langston Mail, and welcome to episode 68 of Isolated Thoughts Podcast, the bad podcast episode of 2021. If you don't look up, foreshadowing, but look to your left, you will find an X-Files theme. Yeah. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. That's really where we're cranking it at. Um, go to isolatedthoughtspodcast.com. Get you a hoodie, a shirt, a water bottle, some socks to keep you from staying too hot. Prayers to... Boulder and like parts of that part of Colorado really that's on fire right now Lafayette Superior all those areas yeah that's what happens with global warming which again foreshadowed into a movie I just watched um, yeah man it's just crazy I think Ohio is going to probably going to be on record the most dangerous wildfire in Colorado history is because of how, like it's neighborhoods that are burning not just forests and then there's no wildfire season in Colorado this time. And really, wildfire season is a new thing in Colorado. Uh, yeah. So, it's just been so dry. Like, I think there's been one snow this entire year that wasn't, like, in the foothills or the mountains. So, yeah, man. It's just getting spooky. So, hopefully everyone out there is safe and everything that could be lost is nothing that isn't replaceable um but we'll get straight to it though i got a long episode this here episode is going to be again we'll have the end of your list in this month we'll recap some things we'll set some some visions for what's to come and yeah man so we'll get straight into speaking of 
speaking of global warming and really public health, we'll get into, I just want to talk about uh, SARS, COVID, coronavirus, you know, COVID-19, and where we are as we embark on really almost three years in the pandemic, right? Because Wuhan in China was, you know, popping off in late 2019, late September, uh, late October, early November. And then we get 2020, we get some cruise ships and shit. And then before you know it, March shut the whole thing down. And March of 2021 made a whole year, right? And then now we're going into 2022. It's two, about to be two years in the pandemic. And at this point in time, December 31st, we are almost back to square one. But far more jaded, far more um, tired, and far more just confused about where to go next. Because this isn't new anymore. A lot of people are numb, and a lot of people are, you know, resisting and all the whatnot. And so, I just want us to to remember that it doesn't matter if someone's vaccinated, if someone isn't vaccinated, if someone isn't doing all the things that they should be doing, like wearing a mask and like, sure, those things matter. Please don't get me wrong. They absolutely matter. But why we're in the position that we're in position is because public health officials and our government elected and appointed officials have failed the people. That is first and foremost. Because not only were there, not only have we embarked on smaller scale near pandemics like Ebola, swine flu, H1N1, Zika, all in the past 20 years, and a few of those in the past five to 10 years, that prior to the Obama administration leaving, this is not me tipping my hat extra to the Obama administration, but just saying that those are things explicitly stated during his tenure. And then, of course, before in the uh, uh, George W. Bush administration, that this country was underprepared for how to deal with uh, any viral infections that would be on pandemic level. And so we are here now. Not only, again, a failure to be prepared initially during the Trump administration, but now after, after an entire year, we are back to square one because unfortunately us as individual citizens have done what we've done best, which is to come to colonialism and imperial thought and Western ways of thinking of individualism and have taken right off the, the jacket of responsibility from those who are elected to protect and serve for us and make decisions that 330 million individual people probably couldn't make. Well, not probably, just logistically could never make as individuals. So those people elected to do so on our behalf. We even resulted to infighting and this polarization that really was exacerbated in 2016 with the two political parties, the left, the right, the liberal, the conservative bullshit. So now we have people that, I want, I want to remind you, the anti-vax is something that's existed for about like 20 years as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm not a, 
a vaccine and story and in sense of like cultural connotation. But the term anti-vax prior to COVID-19 was unequivocally associated to predominantly middle-aged white women who middle-aged and middle-class, sometimes upper middle-class white women who didn't believe in giving their children vaccines because they thought vaccines gave their fucking kids Down syndrome and other wild misinformation. I'm talking about like your traditional vaccines that we've had for 25, 30, 40 years. The polio, the tetanus, everything that's required to go to schools and just even have your baby be healthy coming out of the womb. There were a large group of online, in-person, met like knew of personally, but that was colloquially what anti-vax was for the longest. But now, it's been like weirdly <laughs> adapted to people. Who, it's like calling people who are not for the flu shot anti-vax. And again, I my stance on like being vaccinated or not is is irrelevant to the point I'm making about like the the navigation of like lumping in people who are like skeptical uh again even the group of people who originally were skeptical the anti-vax mostly anti-vax population which is again i'm telling you middle-aged white women you go on any forums from the early 2000s and different things newspaper opinion articles they're all middle-aged white women who have like getting kids under like 10 years old who don't want them to get vaccinated and homeschool them or subject them to school and give all these exceptions and shit that that is far more dangerous because again that's why we're so crazy about COVID-19 I'm really trying to not make this a big COVID thing then it's about like we need to like reframe how we're seeing and engaging in this because this isn't like yes we should be encouraging our loved ones especially our older ones or anyone who in our our life that is particularly like susceptible to getting sick from anything really, but COVID in particular, they take the vaccine. It clearly is only so effective. They tell you to mix cocktails and boost up the boosters. Um, but it, if you certainly know that you have to move about and you're of age or again of a certain type of immune com- compromise or what have you, please do what you need to do to protect yourself. And is everyone's right to engage in that way because this isn't the same thing. Yes, I've I've looked into the MRA mRNA thing. It is a unique thing that has been in development for a long time. And the whole I like I'll just say this about my own personal opinion because I know like Langston, you're already talking around about all these things, but what are your I just still hold and believe that we don't know enough about COVID nineteen that a vaccine that's supposed to treat it how can we know like we're playing catch up at this point that's why they're telling you to get 36 boosters um and it's at the rate that's happening delta omicron these different variants and and waves and plateaus of the virus and spread are because we don't understand and because 
Yes, I know some. It would cause a bit of a public. Ooh, like you know, it, it would shake. It would make people not feel confident and safe if they just came out and say we don't understand. But I think there's a way to deliver that message, because if we had an original lockdown and done it properly, because I'm not on page with a lot of shit this dude, you know, uh, Anthony Fauci, Doctor Fauci, has been talking about. Um, but he did make a good point on. I think he was on. I think he was on NBC or CBS, one of those like primetime um, segments he was on. And he pretty much, like someone said, like how you feel about other countries going on lockdown and the lockdown still hasn't really, you know, stopped the spread. And he said, well, I don't know if any country really has gone on true lockdown. Like there's been a lot of restrictions, but a true lockdown seldomly any place has done so. And I agree that there's a difference between saying like you can't fucking go get food and you can't go do this and do that without a vaccine and an ID and all. No, everyone stop moving. Stay home for two weeks unless you absolutely fucking have to go get groceries, go get gas. Only if you have to. For 14 days. For at least 14 days. Fuck it. We'll make three weeks to keep it like extra safe. For three weeks. Don't move. Go to the store. And the word numbers of three. Like don't go to. Don't go do those necessary errands. Outside of like groups of like three to four. That live in your house. Don't meet up with nobody. Nothing. Like, just virtual, virtual it. If you have to, like, get your human fixing. Because, again, I'm I'm physical touch, Langston. Like, oh, that's my... Sh- like, just only interact with your circle. Like, don't go to public places. Don't do all that shit for three weeks. And I guarantee you will see a, a definite dip, change, and reduction in the spread. Because what... The point of the vaccine, the, the only non-personal benefit that the vaccine has is that it hopefully reduces the number of hospitalizations that we have. So reduce the stress on our healthcare workers. But this is not stopping people from getting sick, which is what we should be doing. Because the idea of telling people to go back to work while they're asymptomatic is fucking insane. Oh, because you don't feel sick and you're infectious, you can go back to work and go back to doing things. I can't. I've gone on 13 minutes and 13 seconds fucking talking about this COVID-19 shit. And I just wanted to say as we go into the top of the new year. That please. Please be critical in the information that you consume. I've said this from day one. That's the part. That's why isolated thoughts exist. I want us to be as critical as compassionate and as conscious as we can ever be. This We're in vital, vital times right now. Very, very important. Not because anything, no. It, one thing in particular is just that we live in the time, we live in the age, we live in a space where information is abundant. We can see a lot of more things than generations prior to. There's so much more 
information and visibility, there's also a lot more action that can be made. We can galvanize, we can get together, we can do things collectively, more efficiently than ever before. You see what it was done when done with malintent on January 6th, 2021. I assure you, if you go further back, unfortunately, you have to go so far back that you can see what it looks like with good intent in generations past. But I would say even some of the summer things in 2020, I don't, I told you I felt off about a lot of that shit. But if we kept that type of pressure from like June to November, that type of pressure that was put on, again, we use it constructively, some shit can be shaken up, y'all. So just remember, your neighbor's not your enemy, even if you disagree. The person, the party, the organization, the entity that oppresses you, that, that takes your ability to be you. Again, I'm not talking about wearing masks. Wear your fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands, you nasty heathens. What I'm talking about is the one that deceits you, the one that misleads you. That is who is worth confronting. And when we mean confronting, we always mean it with compassion. We're not talking violence here. We're talking about challenging, critiquing, and changing. So on that note, we're going to take a little breather. We're going to come back uh, to some more uh, <laughs> some more concerns I have going into the new year, but <laughs> maybe not so much health. Or I guess it is tied in. Okay. And we're back. I... I had some conversations with again long time listeners. Shout out to my Patreon. I'm I'm twenty minutes in, not talking about the people that hold me down from thick and thin through the very end. What's the means of that, my friend? Shout out to Karen, Katila, Lydia, Kyle, Cyrus, Serge, Gabriel, Tim, Khalil, Thais. I think everybody holding me down. Liera, thank you everybody holding me down. Holding me down. Thank y'all, man. For real. Um, I, I bring them up because one, always. Enjoy the Patreon. Again, a little as a, a dollar, make it holler. Or you can go up as much as you want. A dollar tier, a $20 tier, you get different things. Profit picks or profit picks playlist will go up today with my favorite tracks of this year. Plus a mixture of some things I'm looking forward to. Um... You get the you get the movie reviews that I only put on Patreon with all spoiler talk. I got Spider Man No Way Home. We got Matrix Resurrections. We got about like six seven movies up there now that just are on here. And so, yeah, check check out the Patreon. You get the you get the lifetime discount code on merch. You you know you, you lose nothing. You lose nothing at all. Uh, but I was talking to some of my good friends that are on the Patreon. Um, Kyle and Cyrus particularly about their we're talking about the metaverse no it wasn't even Cyrus it was uh, another good friend of mine um, but we're talking about the metaverse and I'm not sure how many of y'all are familiar with the metaverse and the company formerly known as Facebook Meta 
who now has relegated that Facebook is a like a subsidiary brand as well as Instagram, WhatsApp, and all that shit. But Meta is now a company that is again being transparent and saying that hey, we are a company that owns information. Like we're here to connect people rather than just again be a social media network, which is okay. I Huh. I'm gonna say it like this. I love technology. Like I love all the discoveries, all the possibilities. I love the actualities. I love where we are with technology. I do. I love the idea that my fucking phone and different laptops that I use take me all across the world and get information, reports and studies and YouTube videos and fucking nasty videos. I'm playing. I'm, I'm, when I say nasty videos, I just mean messes in the kitchen. I'll be frying chicken. I'll be trying different recipes. I'll be baking and baking and shaking. I'll just be trying to see, hey, how dirty can you get in the kitchen? Okay. How messy can you get in the garage? How long can you go to? Okay. <laughs> but no, really, it's the power of access and that is the double-edged sword access and information access and information is a blessing and a privilege and access information is the the road that's paved to our downfall so in short when we look at the metaverse and what the idea is and we look at nfts different things i've talked about on here before crypto all this shit it is the future at least cryptocurrency it's nfts are a part of the future but i think they will change over time but in concept they'll look the same sorry so 1222 i want to paint this picture so when we look at the blockchain how the blockchain works and simple that this idea of this like ultimate objective non you know non-subjective ledger of transactions um, using cryptocurrency it still clearly (laughs) people can still scam and shill and do these dupe drops and shit that are existing because that's all you know scam influencers are shilling nfts like hey check out this fucking board um board rabbit like bro like why it's board ape is like board ape club or board eight yacht club or whatever the fuck shit's called it's like the big thing why would you go do like board monkey man too like why y'all are just so fucking stupid sometimes i love y'all to death but y'all are so fucking stupid like capitalism has to let go of your uteruses and your testes to like let some air into your brain so you can breathe and think just rationally for one moment. Safe moon, big thing. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go do a safe Mars and then safe galaxy. Like, what is, if that is not capitalism at its finest, again, capitalism is not about innovation. Capitalism is about copying. It's about profit. And that's why nothing innovates underneath capitalism because capitalism sees something being profitable and being successful and they chase after it. The biggest thing I can ever say is like fidget spinners, my nigga. Like, 
There's a million of them at dollar stores and gas stations and even other, like, it's the idea if something makes money, capitalism's going to try to fucking copy it, right? The, the knockoff shoes, not just, like, I'm talking about replicas and shit like that. I'm talking about, like, knockoff, like, Target shoes and all the different shit. They're, what, copies of the other fucking brand that's successful? Not to innovate and do something different because they know that makes that's what makes money. And that's all capitalism is. But uh, that's a whole different fucking tangent. Okay, I've been here before. Y'all know how I feel about the big C. Going back to the metaverse, my nigga. <laughs> Forgive me for saying the N-word. I'm trying to do better. No N's and B's around here, my C. <laughs> I want to self-contain it here. So the metaverse, the issue is going to be Run up the issue. The benefit of the ledger is that you can see all the transactions happening. So when we think about big entities and corporations maybe trying to get over on people, like, hmm, we're seeing money being moved from one account to the next. How and why is this happening? Oh, but like, because if it's happening, like, at all, like, with cryptocurrency, we're going to see the ledger. We're going to see it happening on the blockchain. And so we can kind of call out corruption and different sneaky things happening much better than we can with cash. Because there's no offshore, nothing happening. Offshore only has to happen with, like, with, um, with, like, what's that, uh, it starts with the F, but that currency, like, you know, like, um, yeah, with, like, cash, U.S. dollar, like, that, that type of shit. And so, crypto, it's locked. The metaverse where it comes into play is that with crypto kind of being locked and secure for the future and NFTs being this unique idea that again, artists, hey, I'm an artist, I do digital art or I do even physical art, but I can digitalize it and here's a way that I can sell my art, people can acquire it and they can even invest in and see like the value of the art early on. But instead of me selling it for a million dollars, and that's that. And now this artist bought my painting, my virtual painting, for a million dollars. And five years from now, they're going to sell it for like five million dollars. And they make four million dollars off of this sale. Now, that same process can happen, but I make I make infinite royalties because of it's my I'm the, I'm the point of sale. And NFTs work like that because, again, the ledger... Like it's always like there's a a universal tying of transactions, and now I, as the original artist, will always make money each time that NFT art piece sells. And so now people can invest in art; they can have their nice, wonderful, collectible things. And if they want to make a profit off this unique item, so they can absolutely, and at no cost of them. The artist will also make money as well. Now, it's been funged into just people trying to make quick, you know, get rich quick schemes. And again, I know we still haven't gotten to the metaverse. The metaverse is the idea of that being like fucking ramped up to a trillion. And the bigger issue is we already live in a world where I'm telling you, y'all, I since I was a kid. Since I was on Facebook in fucking 2009. I promise you. I've never tried to be anything that I wasn't. Even as a middle school kid when I was trying to figure out myself. I 
wanted to be cool, you know, have like a little money picture, like not like me with physical money, but rather like, you know, find like the equivalent of like the SpongeBob with money picture, like shit like that. Like, oh, here's a basketball picture, you know, shit like that. But never have, I, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not to be none disrespecting like that. I've never taken a picture in front of a car that wasn't mine. I've never taken a picture with clothes, with shoes that I didn't own. I've never taken a picture with, with women I wasn't with or like I'm nothing. And so it's taken me a long time to really understand that's a regular practice by many people. That social media is a place they can be someone and be something that they're not when they fucking close the app and log off their computers. So now the metaverse, Facebook, Instagram, all of them, Twitter, everything. They've been aware of this shit for all since day one, my nigga. Because what made Facebook be, because Facebook wasn't the first social media. And I mean, we know MySpace, but. And Facebook wasn't even unique to college campuses. What made Facebook boom, boom, boom to the boom, boom room and get investors to make from a $100,000 investment to 12, $20 million investments within like 18 to 24 months was the user time spent on the app and website. Almost 80% of their users returned every day. Every day. Hmm. Investors again would have been on. You know, the television was the thing. Get advertisers. How many people are watching these television shows? Now you're telling me people are going out of their way to get on a fucking computer and not just sit down and like you know on the TV and watch their shows and shit. This is no, this pre-streaming. So you tell me they're self-selecting to log onto a fucking computer that they need internet for and sit on the website all day? Oh my god, we can sell them anything. You fast forward 10, 12 years. Oh, well, 15 more or so. Oh, <laughs> now we know what they really want to do. They just want to fucking pretend. They just want to play pretend. So if they want to play pretend, we'll give them a fucking pretend world to be in. Okay, we'll just give them fucking fake avatars. You know what? Don't worry about, well, they're going to spend their money. How are they going to spend their money? Why would they spend their money on the fake shit? Hmm. You like NFTs? You like fake shit? All right, here we go. Let's feed them the idea that fake shit has value because capitalism already say you do in the real world. But, of course, it's different. We can pick up a physical phone, a physical laptop, a physical fucking knick-knack, patty-whack, give your dog a bone. But when you've already conditioned them to buy fake shit that you can't even fucking touch, my guy, what do you do next? You say, hey, you nasty idiot. You play Candy Crush. You play Farmville. You play Knickknack Demon Wars. Where the fucking online games you play? Here, spend real money. Spend your real money that you need for food and fucking health insurance because this company will not take care of you and this country does not care about your well-being. So please use your real money to buy things that you cannot fucking touch with your hands or ever smell with your nose or lick with your tongue. You're going to spend it here in this fake-ass world. You're going to be so invested. It's like The Sims, but not even The Sims. Because you're not talking about wah, 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 wah. They're talking real worlds. 
real words. You're going to put on a VR headset. You know those Facebook invites that you get invited to? How about them being real fucking events, my nigga? So now, as we, I'm going to go as far and say, there's a reason why there's a benefit of tech people being involved with our health shit. Because if we're not healthy and we're not fucking doing well as people, hmm, and we're scared of a pandemic and getting sick, why wouldn't I just, like, bro, I wouldn't risk going to a party when all my niggas can get on the metaverse Facebook party. We can throw on our headsets and fucking laugh and talk to each other and have a good time. Does that sound like a fun time on paper? Yes, in a way. To have like a, like, if I could do like my PlayStation party chat that I do with my friends, but we can like see each other in this virtual world, that would be fucking fun. That would be a good time. Me, Langston, I'm saying that. And simultaneously, I realize just how dangerous that is to normalize and streamline that to the everyday citizen who's not going to unplug because your fucking aunts and uncles are on Facebook are going to move over to the metaverse and they're not going to take care of themselves physically because you know why? Because now they're young. They're young and fun on the fucking metaverse. They're going to have their metaverse mansions full of NFTs and other shit that doesn't matter because none of the shit in Again, none of the material shit in this real physical life matters. But, hey, what's what's the issue? That's why in video games, I hate DLC. And when I take that back, I don't hate DLC. Because some DLC is justifiable. But I do dislike loot boxes and microtransactions. Because it's conditioned kids. That's the issue. Gambling and conditioning kids... To spending their parents' money, and of course, it's you know, there's grown ass people too that are doing it, but it's conditioning folks, especially you don't know how who has what addicted, you know, personalities or dispositions to being, you know, having addictive behaviors that preys on people to do the thing that they're inevitably going to do without the type of like guidance and support or like you know guardrails of like hey don't fall into that trap and again the issues we're, we're going to be i can see a future where it's near again fortunate to the matrix i'll talk about that scene too that we care so less about our physical bodies similar to like black mirror and shit that we're so invested into these virtual worlds and it's going to destroy the physical planet that we live on because it takes so much computing power so much again non-eco-green energy to mine crypto to keep the NFT things going and then the meta like bro you know how much it's it's just it's just a lot and so I know I went in way longer than I, I planned on but I genuinely found it important that we had a some type of dialogue even if it was just my monologue about where we're at right now okay i talked about COVID 20 30 minutes ago at, i mean relative to you listening and now the, for the past 17 minutes i've talked about this metaverse and again they're interconnected only because it's the way the it's it's what happens when we're not paying attention you don't just wait just the same way that i actually have that type of grace and compassion when it comes to people who harm other people right no one wakes up one day and and commits murder no one wakes up one day and just, you know, takes someone's liberty away from them. It's something that happens over time that goes unnoticed. So in the same way that 
a government, uh, a corporation, a, a malicious group of people, or in, a malicious individual, or what have you. It doesn't happen overnight. But don't go so, you know, what's the little song quote saying? Like, don't go, but just don't go gently into that good night. Because it may seem like it happened out of nowhere, but it's been building towards this. I mean, this is, we're talking years and we're talking way before our, my parents was even thought of <laughs> in the sense of like I said with television television was the entry point of like selling you shit <clears throat> I mean obviously before that billboards radio but I'm talking about television was inf- the infiltration to our homes to try to sell you shit all the time and that's why you know there was so much criticism about television for so long and shit but the internet change the game because yeah the, the television we all kind of share this experience like in our individual homes and then we go to the office or schoolyard and have talks about what we all saw on the television but now the internet has this new level of in- interconnectivity which I enjoy not even just for my own pleasure but for the sake of community building for the positive thing but even more so we have to be aware of the the compromise that comes with that. That comes through just our humanity and our humanity again being like how humane we see and treat one another. And so, again, I just ask you to be just critical about the things that we consume, and be aware of the direction in which we're heading. We have to take better care of our environment. We have to take better care of our people, and most importantly, we have to be- take better care of ourselves. So with that, you know, I'll play a little tune, and then just a little intermissional tune, and then we'll get into some other goody-goody before we get into these end-of-the-year lists. Um, nah, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll play a little tune, and we'll get straight to the list. Coming like a thief in the night. Sixteen missed calls. Sorry I was busy, but I missed y'all. If you see me ballin' in my bitch ball, all my niggas ballin' like I'm rich ball. Skirt off in the alley on my lift off. All your bitches do Pilates when you're rich dog. So if she can't pop a squat, then that's a rip off. Keep a CDG, all niggas ripped off. And your nigga been, I think that he the only one. And nigga matches fitted with some Jordan ones. If it ain't Issy, then miss me. New old who blows. A bad bitch for chrome toes. And we shoot movies, not photos. She not in it for the fame. Nobody know her name. Alright. <laughs> Say we shoot movies, not photos, baby. You know what time it is. Alright, so this is music podcast, right? I guess I know sometimes we forget about that. It's a music podcast. But what I do know is it's that time of year. It's the last day of the year, calendar wise, and well, it's time for this list of the top shit leaves that I believe that I was able to give my ear to. There's some other things that I missed that I know I'll get to. I'm like, damn, that was a jam. Wham, blam. And I'll tell you, I've probably listened to well over like probably close to 20, 30, 
probably at least 30 albums that just came out this year of different genres that I'll just throw on that again I forget because it's not memorable then I don't write it down into my running list for the year and yeah and so it and some things are really good that I just do forget that clearly it's good enough but then it still just forgets to find its way to me and that's where my honorable mention one of my honorable mentions is I, I nearly forgot about him until I was listening to one of his songs in the gym last night just last night alone I almost forgot but because I forgot then it clearly speaks to what it is and so yeah I same thing with movies I'll get to that list in a little bit but for my honorable mentions no particular order um, because they're just you know there's no need to rank these as well but number one which I'll give my review now of it because why not? Is Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever. Wow. Wow. I wasn't a fan. Not that I had any reason not to be a fan. I've said this before. I, I think I've mentioned multiple times in the podcast how long I've been meaning to listen to this album. But, yo, she can, she can sing. And, of course, I knew that. But, man. She has this like indie, like she's like Lana Del Rey with like R&B undertones that she can go into. And so she, her range is there and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where she continues to grow. She's already a mega star, like, so it's not like I'm, oh, she's this young artist, but I would love to see her do some like R&B or hip hop shit, like. Like stay, you know, stay in your lane. I'm not telling you what she can and can't do, but I'm like, you know, don't, don't Justin Timberlake us, but more so just, uh, I would love to see some more collaborations. And so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I listened to it on the plane uh, a couple times, and I, yeah, man, it's good. Uh, if I would have heard it earlier in the year and gave it more time, it could have made the list. It might could have. I enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah. And then following that, a song, an album that I did realize that I knew it was going to happen because the moment I listened to it, I just, I just don't care for the rapping. He can really rap good, and I like what he did on that album. But Tyler Creators, "Call Me If You Get Lost Again." I have the poster. Oh, I gifted that to my sister. But I have the T-shirt I haven't worn yet. I got the CD, um, still wrapped up. I am a fan. I, I think I. Depending on what COVID looks like, I probably will try to go to the show here in Dallas in February. I I thoroughly enjoyed Tyler Crater and I I love the growth that he's shown as an artist. Like he is, he's a legend, which is crazy to fucking say. But he's like a a tier one legend already because of his like from from bastard to call me if you get lost. It's insane. When you think about the type of content he was delivering at that point, and because <clears throat> he always had the ability to be witty and 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 clever, it was just so immature. Like, and it fit when I was 13, 14 years old. But again, the whatever album that was, Wolf, I believe, was like that was enough for me. And then Cherry Bomb changed the way I was like, okay. Wow. Okay. More melodic. More. You're you're being more intentional. And then of course, Flower Boy. Scumfuck. Yeah. 
um, is it to me that I really don't go back to that one at all. And then the Igor was the album of the year for me, twenty nineteen, just amazing, just amazing. I think that's where I wanted. I didn't want him to stay in that, but I wanted more of that. And so, in my Spotify rap, where you know, I listen to most of my most of my streaming music on Spotify, I still have you know hundreds, well thousands really of downloaded albums and songs on my like iTunes on my phone. And so that's where a lot of my other time goes into when I like am on a drive or somewhere where I don't have signal. I would just resort to that, or just in general because I have my mixtapes and shit on there. That in my hundred top hundred songs for Spotify rap. Not a single Tyler song made it. Pipe down and fucking one other Drake song, Certified Lover Boy, made my top like ninety. So yeah, it's crazy. I didn't go back to it. I can't. I it's that's crazy. And I listened to it multiple times. So clearly, I didn't listen to it enough that it didn't even make a top one hundred spins for me. So it's still a, gr- a great album. Um, objectively, just there's no way it's gonna make my top ten. Just for listening uh, purposes. Now, oh man, I almost, I almost like cheated and gave it a, gave it a go. But Nas and Hit Boy, I just said Nas and Hit Boy. I didn't even say Magic or Death King's Disease too, <clears throat> because King's Disease too was in my like running list for the year. Then I heard Magic on Christmas Eve. Mm, it blew it out the water. Like King Disease Two is even close. Co- like King Disease Two is better than King Disease One, but Magic is even better than both. And he's like, it's an interlude, like an intermission project between King Disease Two and Three. Like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> it's the it's the channeling of the like ninety, like it's the golden era channel channeling that Hit Boy did this time around, and their their chemistry is yeah. Hit Boy is gonna go down one of the greatest hip hop producers of all time. And I know that may sound naive for some of the, like the Hit Boy enthusiasts, because I know his resume, but it's just more so of like to revitalize and and, and give. A second win to Nas, as he much certainly deserves, is not to be understated in any way. So, Magic, I think it would have got the nod over me, but again, there's no way I could put Magic on there. Just, you know, it came out five, seven days ago. I can't do that. I can't do it, but it definitely, oh man, it's up there. Uh, Album that was on my running list as well, an artist, but... Shiesty season by Pooh Shiesty. Uh, man. I, you know, if he didn't hurt, harm anybody or anything, you know, free that man. <laughs> I don't know his legal situation. But, yeah, I hope that, you know, he gets, gets a chance to be rehabilitated and, you know, contribute more art to the world because he's a... Uh, I, I really enjoyed that project. Like, if I want to say my, some of my top new artists, he's up in there and I'll get into that category in a second but yeah Pusheisty Pusheisty season it was really good it was, uh, Neighbors was in my top like 10-15 songs for the year because yeah him and Big 30 that shit goes crazy like Back in Blood is up there but Neighbors is even more of my shit 
Uh, and then the last project is Rimble by Rimble. <laughs> Rimble. Like that, like his, I know he's been out for a little while, but that project that came out this year was like, okay, all right, yeah. So I look forward to any he does. That rock climbing with Lil Yachty, crazy. Like he, yeah, he, he gets the, he gets the L stamp of approval for, I'm, I'm looking forward to anything he does next. I would love to see him and Kendrick. I was like, as an LA dude, like, I hope he continues to get his props and shit, so. Um, we'll go into top new artists and then I'll get straight into the list. Top artists, um, new artists, not top artists, just new artists. Um, Rimble, Akeem Ali, STG, Push Seisty, and Billie Eilish. So those are the my new artists to kind of keep my eyes out, like looking forward to anything that they do new next year. I'm like here for, I was like the Saga Babies and the Sauce Walkers of the you know time before that they may not be new on the scene. Per se, but for my ears, Akeem Ali is a little rather new, and um, Push Ice is rather new as well. Uh, but I'm, you know, this is my coming out party for them this year. So now, truly, without further ado, the top 10 isolated thoughts, El Mayo approved 10 albums of the year. <clears throat> At the number 10 spot, we have. Drum roll, please. Donda by Kanye West. Yeah. I I figured it was always going to be at number 10. After the deluxe, it almost moved up some. But, yeah, it just, I love Ye. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Like, every day I listen to old, Ye, old like, production or songs, and I listen to contemporary shit, like, it's just his, like, he's just so unique and amazing that when it comes to creating shit that, yeah, man. I love what Donda was and is as a live performance piece. It just couldn't make it any higher because it's too fucking long. It's too fucking long. It's not concise enough. It's like a lot of the great songs were made and not enough of them were cut, unfortunately. And I would have been here if, like, the deluxe was like an hour long, but the original one is like 45 to 50 minutes. I'm okay with that if we only got a handful of songs. Because like a lot of them, like there's really no skips outside the fact that you have to jump around and listen to them. Because listening to them all the way through gets grueling. Even with the Donda intermission things like the chant and the... Um, the title track and uh, and another one, but life of the party, um, yeah, these different additions to it were really great, but it it just couldn't get the replayability. Even though he again, my Spotify wrapped, he was like my second artist of the year, so I can, I think that's just a testament to kind of going back to some old shit too. But I really don't like really listen to old kind like old Kanye albums like that because like I've listened to them a million times. However, sometimes I do, like, we'll just throw on, like, St. Pablo or something like that to work out. But keep it going. Number nine, Akeem Ali, Do Em All Dirty, Dead. I told y'all already, I told y'all with the first project with Kimi Casanova that that man was the truth of player, player from Himalayas, real recognized, real, slim, recognized, slim. But that Do Em All Dirty, that boy can rap his ass off like a, 
rapping president, my boy. So, yeah. It, it was going to make the list just because I, I, I felt, I, when I thought the Stank Face song, like, there's no way that the album don't make a, you know, don't make the cut. And <clears throat> Lil Sims, uh, that, her project probably could have made that the cut if I heard it earlier in the year because Two Worlds Apart, that, again, if I put a Stank Face on, I'm, it's automatically going to make the list because I don't put that on every day. I don't put that on every month. So if, if there's a track on there that makes me go, Then, yeah, then, 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 then it's like, all right, you automatically in top 15 consideration, if not top 10, and we're going to see where you fall in. But <clears throat> he he was doing his thing, and I'll get to my top songs for the year. Um, he has a song off the on there. And so each one of these albums has a song that it is going to be on top album, on top songs for the year. Number eight. Probably a surprise for myself, as my, even more so for everyone else. This is a bit of a cheat because it's two projects, but the deluxe proved that it was like one project, really. So this is ESTG's Bigger Than Life 1 and 2. Because one, because 2 is like an EP, while 1 is an album, but the deluxe just combined the two projects together. So... I'm going to go with that and, like, say the deluxe if you don't want to cheat. And he's, yeah, that's why he's one of my top new artists. Like, Louisville between Jack Harlow and ESTG, very two different rappers. But I just, like, I can throw that shit on the ride. I can throw that shit on the workout. I can, you know, if we, you know, chilling somewhere, I like, he can, he can rap. And I like the demeanor of him. He He's good, man. He's good. He's the street shit that I, again, I fuck with it. I fuck with it. So, shout out to ESTG, Bigger Than Life, um, Deluxe. Number seven, probably another surprise. It's a surprise for me because I added it on a little late. I heard it when it came out, but I added it a little late while I was trying to be critical about what the fuck I was going to pick. And... It has my song of the year on here. So I automatically had to make the list. Like, because the first, like, five songs was just wow. And I would say, like, it's not a perfect project by any means. Because of the nature of the type of project it is. But the Judas and Black Messiah soundtrack had to make the list. And I do enjoy, again, like, the track I played, Some Name Right. Um, those are, like, some of my favorite songs of the year. The intro with... Um, Fred Hampton Jr., like, it just, just works, and so, if you haven't given a listen, please go listen to that soundtrack, like, if you thought the Black Panther soundtrack was, like, this is so, oh, it touched your soul, so, yeah, man, number seven, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, number six, surprisingly, because I didn't think it was going to land this high for me, I knew it was going to probably land somewhere, because I, the more you listen to it, the more it just, like, it tasted better. Like, mm, I need one chip ain't enough. Let me see. Okay, two listens. Okay, damn, I'm three. Oh, wow, I'm pretty deep. I'm listening to this kind of regularly. This is Baby King, the melodic blue. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed this album. Uh, it's not perfect either. and But it's really good because I started going through the list. I mean, going through the sound, like the, it's not like going through the, the, 
the sequencing of the album and the the track list, thank you, I realized that I'm not really skipping anything, but maybe South Africa and it's probably one of the songs, but like Lost Souls without Brent is fire. So do you add a Brent verse to it? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? So yeah, those type of things, man. It just it's it's good. So shout out to Baby Keem. I've been a fan and he he dropped a great like debut studio album that he does his own production on a lot of and I yeah, man. That's number six. Number five, this used to be a top three project, but no, later release releases kind of moved it down, but still a top five, and that's Conway the Machine's La, La Maquina. Uh, if I haven't even pronounced that, it's like Maquina. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't know how I'm speak y'all as of now. But yeah, Conway, it seems like every year there's at least a Griselda release in my top five because they're that amazing. Benny, uh, while the plugs I met too didn't hit the way I wanted to it, uh, last year, it still was great. Uh, Conway is just that guy, just that guy. And kind of talk to four next year is going to be insane. I already know it, and yeah, so this, this album has no skips on it either, it's just that good because I. It had been it came out earlier in the year, but just keep going going back to it. I'm like, geez, yeah, I played this so much. So again, all these song, all these albums have you know, these are the songs making in my like top twenty five of you know songs. They have songs in my top twenty five for like Spotify, which is always a good like reminder of like, okay, yeah, damn, I did forget. I listened to that fucking like three months straight. You know, I just took a break. And then the rest of these, though, there's no breaks. Top four, they just kept getting spins. Number four has gotten a little break because I played, it came out the most recent out of all the albums. And it just, you know, so I had to give it a little break. But that'll be Mick Jenkins, The Elephant in the Room. Number four. It's just, it's just a good time. It's just a good-ass time. Mick is one of my, is one of the greatest of, of the past ten years. And I had to finish watching his tiny desk, but he's just phenomenal. Every Mick Jenkins project. Every it's crazy. Every single Mick Jenkins project since twenty fifteen has been on a list of mine in the top five. Yeah. In the top five at least. So shout out to Mick and I buy his albums every time they come out because I, I believe in the man. So uh, and I think he, he's going to be a free agent, too, in the sense of, like, not being signed to a major because Cinematic wasn't really doing much for him. So, yeah. Let's go to the top three. Number three. Chill pill. Give me high, but can I lay with y'all? Last year you was my, now you my baby girl. That would be that Zay Wap, TDE, Isaiah Rashad. The house is a burning. The house is a burning. Yeah. It lay with you was my top song of the year. According to Spotify, I played it like forty times or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, man, um, it's insane because the Sun's tirade is still. I think I prefer that album more, but this album is it's 
It's something just short of amazing. It's I love Isaiah Rashad. I'm glad I got to see him when he came to Dallas. Uh, it's just a good time. There's not you can't go wrong with it. It has its moments. Like it's odd that I really don't care for that song with Smino that much. I kind of skip it sometimes, but uh, that's because I think the sequencing I could have did without it. But yeah, the house is burning. Deluxe was a good time. Shout out to Zaywa. Number two. She's got you dotting your eyes and crossing your T's. Oh, that'd be that Shelly FKA drum. Shelly FKA drum. It's a self titled EP. And yeah, man. <laughs> drum, I've been waiting fucking forever. Then, of course, he had a hiatus from 2016 to 2021 where. He did the rebrand and just go by the government name Shelly and less rapping, more singing, but still, you know, got some bars in there and it, it came out to be the wonderful piece that it was. You can make love to it. You could contemplate to it. You can write to it. You can just live and drive. You can it's if you haven't listened to Shelly FKA drum, his you know self-titled EP. You're cheating yourself. So go check that out. And it's like 40 minutes maximum. And if, you know, if you've heard me talk about it all year, then you must know by without doubt what the number one, the number one album of the year. It's a perfect EP. There's not a skip in sight. There's nothing, there's nothing there that he could have done and I look forward to more what this man does because he's probably if there's anyone within the hip hop industry that legitimately I just want to meet and pick his brain and just like spend time with this dude is this man here and that's Vince Staples Vince Staples EP like (laughs) this shit is amazing bro because it's so it's it's you can't go wrong you just can't go fucking wrong with ain't like it's He's been talking like this on other things, but I think it's such more what him and Kenny did on this project and just kind of making it really bare bones in the sense of the production. I would never forget the first time I listened to it. I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But then the subsequent listen, because it's only like 30 minutes or whatever. I was like, okay, hold on. I think I get it. And then now... 50 fucking listens later like in my top 10 this entire ep i think is like six of the top 10 songs this and i read like isaiah rashad like are up there of like how many times just these individual tracks of these albums make it into my top 10 songs i listen to on spotify and so i yeah man it's 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 it was a no doubter the moment that it kind of came out that it was going to be um at least in the top three, because Shelly was number one for a while. But yeah, man, I I, I was hoping that Ghetto Guys was going to come out in twenty or twenty twenty one. But yeah, man, um, you know, sometimes you think a Yay album could make it, um, or something like that. But now you just listen and take it where your heart takes you. And I just yeah, 
Shout out to Vince Staples. Shout out to everybody who made music this year. I'll share a couple of my favorite tracks of the year, but I have more I'll put on the the Profit Picks. Uh, Fight for You for her. That's easily my favorite song of the year. That that makes me feel like there's hope in the world. Um, Lay with you by Isaiah Rashad and Duke Deuce. Family Ties, Baby King, and Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. Indian Giver, uh, Akeem Ali, Life of the Party, Yay, and Three Stacks, Cooking with Grease, Shelly, a.k.a. Drum. Yeah, some of the tracks that will be on the playlist, and those are some of the songs that just are amazing. That, like, I, you can't. You can't do anything different to them. I mean, outside of Life of the Party, and it's fucking it being edited, but hey, comes with the Christian territory, I guess. But yeah, that's 15 minutes worth of list reveal, and we'll get into, yeah, that's really about it, music-wise. Um, I have a new thing that I want, I'm going to probably delete my social media accounts, mine's Twitter soon, so I don't know how it's going to go, but the podcast social media accounts will be up and going. I need a social media manager. So if someone has skills and I can vet and trust you, uh, we can get something going where I may be able to compensate you for posting and you know maintaining my social media account. And... I say I would say that I want to be able to do submissions. So if you have music that you want me to uh, review and talk about on the pod, send it my way and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'll give my thoughts and opinions and shit and we'll get you some exposure and all that whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we'll take a little breaky break again and then we'll get into what the profit watching for the year. Okay, I don't have a proper list. I probably should have done a proper list, but I've seen so many movies, and it's really hard to keep up with them that I couldn't even, like, my Cinemark thing doesn't even have a, like, it goes as far as back as September 30th. Or not even September 30th. I think it's, like, October 30th or something like that. And, yeah, I think it was October 30th was the furthest back that it went. And... Yeah, like I've 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 probably seen over well over twenty movies this year in theaters, like not even including streaming services. So yeah, it's kind of hard to keep up. I've probably seen close to like thirty new movies. Not even getting like seeing some shit like Hush and Gerald's Game for the first time. Like I've seen so much shit, and that's not including also TV series. Like I've really committed to being this critique uh, critic thing, and that's really just like the latter end of the year. Like again with Candyman and, Mal- and Malignant, that I was like, you know, I'm gonna fucking review these things. So uh, expect more 2022 to be of that shit. I'm gonna really just dive into giving reviews of all the new shit that I watch, unless it's dog shit, then I'll just be like, all right, y'all, don't go, don't go see fucking Antlers, please. I forgot that I've seen Antlers for weeks. I was trying to remember that shit until I went to my like. Cinemark movie thing uh, yesterday to try to prep for the list and I was like that's why I went to go see in fucking early November and so yeah um, still terrible but some of the highlights that I remember Nomadland, Candyman um, Summer of Soul uh, Juice and the Black Messiah Spider-Man No Way Home 007 No Time to Die 
What else do I see? See that that's that's the issue. That's the issue. Uh, I feel like I saw more. Grade. Where are all these people doing? I saw a lot more grade. TV series. I feel like so. Midnight Mass. Y'all know that's that's. So there's if there's three things that I saw, if I can categorize them in. Nonfiction, so like. All right, so perhaps if I categorize them in documentary, nonfiction, and fiction, as like it doesn't have to be like a real, real story, but based in reality, and another one is kind of just like it is what it is. The documentary, y'all know, exterminate all the brutes. If you haven't seen it, please, you keep doing yourself a disservice. Go learn some history, go learn some perspective, go learn some presence. Some present, not just history. Again, if you understand your history, you can understand your present. If you understand your present, you can prepare for your future. Um, and that's what uh, no, those are. Those are the people that that see another day. Uh, but that's my documentary for the year. I've seen a you know, handful of shit, but that that it would just never leave me. The non-fiction thing for the year is them. Sure, them is you know a horror move, horror show, sitting around like racism and things of that nature. But again, it's very much a real plight and story that's just you no know, told in this dramatic way for the sake of kind of putting things in perspective. So I'll never forget criticizing them before I saw it because I was I'm hypercritical of bullshit like that Karen movie. Like, bro, what the fuck is people doing? And I'm gonna watch it because. It probably isn't as it. Oh, it probably could be as bad. I don't know, but <laughs> I'll watch it just because. And then, yeah, them it, that shit was still so powerful. Then, for fiction of the year, is Midnight Mass. Y'all know how much I raved about that fucking show, man. The monologues and it just is great. I can't wait to see what that boy put out next. Um. Yeah, so those are the top three shows, at least. Um, but there's some other good you know, highlights. Um, I, I don't care how much the social phenomenon was. Squid Game was, it was, it's only memorable because people keep talking about it. If people didn't keep talking about it, I probably would forget it amongst other things that I've watched. Um, that 9-11 documentary was pretty good. I mentioned maybe a couple months ago. That crack documentary from earlier this year I talked about definitely, definitely the truth, Ruth. Um, the Good Lord Bird. I almost fought, forgot about the Good Lord Bird. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, let me double check that because that, that shit probably came out in 2020. Let me see. The Good Lord Bird came out in... Yeah, shit came out in 2020. See? Forget what I just said, okay? <laughs> Forget what I said. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually erased that. I, that's how, you know, she just starts mingling in. I maybe, did I watch it in 2020 or did I watch it beginning this year? I think I watched it in 2020. So, nonetheless, that's what it goes for the sake of some of the top things I've seen this year. 
But again, y'all been with me along the way to kind of predict that. Because I won't shut up about the good shit that I watch. And as far as things I'm kind of looking forward to or watching right now at the moment. I would say I'm looking forward to that. I'm interested in that Magic Johnson Showtime Lakers show. Like it's a dramatized show for HBO that's coming out in March. But Magic Johnson doesn't seem to want to talk about it. So I wonder like how they put it together. Yeah. Like they was he not involved? Because I don't want to watch it. Like you're going to have Magic be pretty essential to it and Magic not be involved in the shit. Um, but I think we need to talk, I think magic, we need, we need more magic Johnson behind the scenes shit. So, um, I don't want magic to pull no last dance Jordan shit. Like, like, no, show me how you was, you was out here wilding. Show me how you was trying to put them what the Will Chamberlain numbers up magic. Okay. Five, six, seven women at a time. Like, show me what you was doing magic before you was positive. All right. You, you, you might be my, my favorite player of all time. So I, you know, I'm gonna hold you to it now. I'm gonna hold you to it. So that Showtime show on HBO should be interesting. Uh, I'm rewatching Atlanta. Atlanta might be one of the greatest TV shows ever, ever. Like it really is up there with me with The Wire and different things because it's obviously so much more different than those shows. It was hour long. These are 28 minute episodes, and I can I can just continue to rewatch them because it's so simple. They're a simple watch, but you have to pay attention to them at the same time. And, yeah, I'm almost done with season two again. It's, it's, I cannot wait for March 22nd or 24th or whenever, uh, when season three comes out. Oh, my goodness. I know, I'm, I know he's not going to cheat us. He's not going to cheat us of a single moment. Uh, I finished Insecure. Seen everything. Uh, Washington Weekly this season, and yeah, I think it was a it was a good ending. It was a good ending. I won't spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it yet, because um, I won't be like Twitter. Jesus Christ, y'all are spoiling that shit in real time. Like fuck, bro. Like I am not at home right now. Can I? <laughs> can I? Like, why do I have to walk, pull this shit on my laptop so I don't fucking keep getting shit spoiled? Uh, I but I, I think the way it ended was. Like, realistic for how the narrative went. This idea that you can still make something happen and um, you feel bad for one of the characters in a way. Uh, and yeah, I just think I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of her jamming like the equivalent of a season into a fucking finale episode just because you made it 40 minutes. But it was good. It was good. And I'm appreciative of what she was able to do for people. Craig career wise, because I again I already seen Kelly is in fucking Sonic too. So what the fuck? Like come on now. I'm like we need we need that shit. So uh I'm shout out to Issa Ray. I'll love to to meet and work with Issa uh, one of these days and that'll be a plan. So she's amazing, beautiful black woman putting on for more beautiful black women to do amazing beautiful shit. Uh, Insecure. I did watch The Matrix. I, I gave my spoiler-filled review. As I've gone on to, like, sit with it more, I think it really is a good movie. I think it is. I understand the critiques of it, but I think 
it's just as intricate. I really do think again, second best to the first one. I think if you go in there trying to be like whatever, I don't know how you, you know whatever. I don't know what you're expecting from it, but it's it's so meta that I think give, like I'm not trying to be like fake deep, but I think it goes over a lot of people's heads. Like I think it's so meta that it's aware that it, of how it's trying to come across in this way of like like you're going to show flashbacks in the movie but that's because like like it's we're all like in Neil's head and seeing things like the the new the new morpheus is really just like a program in his subconscious like in all this shit's data and made up and all this shit so i think it's good it's not no it's not the first one but it's a really good movie and i think it's the best sequel two you could say it's better but i don't remember two like that so yeah I think I think Matrix Resurrections was a good IMAX watch. Uh, that's really it for me. So I think I'm gonna give give some food and let you go into 2022. All right. So I do have a food for thought, but more than anything, I just want to practice some some gratitude. I know I've been doing it all year. I mean, it's just really where I am and. I want more than anything, y'all, that as we embark on this journey, I went on the whole rabbit hole down of metaverses and COVIDs and health and compassion and care and awareness and critical thought. I just want y'all to know that I thank y'all so much for being with me. For the new ears that I've gained, for the old ones I've retained, I, I don't know. I don't know where what's next for me. I don't know what everything, uh, what all is in store when it comes to this podcast, it comes to my personal life. I'm trying to figure out a lot of things and try a lot of things and be intentional and precise while also taking risk. I just know that this has been important to me, essential to me. And I love y'all, each and every single one of you who tunes in every so often, who hasn't missed an episode in 68 episodes, uh, even if that means playing catch up or if you're some of the few that I know that really fuck with your boy and listen every single, you know, episode as they come out. I thank you. I thank you. I love you. Again, all I can ask, you know, if I can ask anything is going to New Year, just continue to spread the word of the podcast. Mention it, tell the people, uh, spread it and share it. But my actual food for thought is this. It's real simple. I want I want I want to fill you up too much as we go into the new year. I think I talked a lot already, and that is to leave that shit that's not yours alone. Leave that shit that's not yours alone. What I mean by this is that everything ain't for everybody, okay? And everything ain't for you, right? When you go to the buffet, you, you you don't even get everything on your plate. Even if you want to be hungry and your eyes bigger than your stomach, you don't get everything. Why? Because you don't like everything. You know why you don't like everything? Because everything is like some of us are, we grow accustomed to whatnot because our condition and all the whatnot. But ultimately, there's shit that isn't for you. And so that goes to 
opportunities, relationships. Okay, I don't know what happened, but I had technical issues. What I was saying was, we can make it even shorter because maybe that was a sign. That there aren't things for you. I truly believe the things that are meant for us in our life will come to us naturally. They will come to us naturally. There will be the least amount of resistance to obtain them, to begin them, to embark on them, with them. But there's sure a hell of a lot of work they have to do to maintain them. To improve with them, to grow with them, for them. But you don't, the things that you have to fight to get, and I don't mean that in the sense of like rights and different things like that, because there's a reason why there's someone actively trying to stop you from, you know, having the things that you want to have, like healthcare and fucking homes and, you know, shelter and shit like that. When it comes to getting the relationships that we develop, the job opportunities, different things that it's really hard to say when something isn't for you when it seems like you almost have to change your dream. Like, never stop dreaming. Never stop wanting and aspiring. But listen. Stop and listen. Listen to what what is it that you truly want. What truly is what truly speaks to you than what you think you're supposed to have with the comparison game or expectations that have been levied upon you. Let that shit go that's not yours. Leave it alone. But more importantly than anything, as we go into 2022, y'all, just know that I love you. I appreciate you. That we ain't going to stop. We've come, we've come too far collectively, individually, creatively, intellectually, all the above. Keep on reaching out. Keep on giving me feedback. Let me know what y'all want to see new. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep the same real deal. all they feel every time out. Uh, but just make sure y'all keep doing things for yourself. And doing things for yourself is being honest with yourself. And, again, leaving that shit that's not for you where exactly you found it. So on that note, we're going to get up out of here. I'm going to play one of these Billy Eyelash tracks. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'll, I know I played it already before, but I think it's the only way to end the year on the song that just is that jam. Just is that jam. So this would be her fight for you because I'm not even going to say it like that, but every time I go on this mic and every time I record, Essentially, that's how I see I do for us because I know I don't have the biggest fucking listener base of whatnot and huge sponsorships and none of that shit. But what I do know I have is y'all and the reason why I come and speak my truth the way I do unfiltered um, and honestly and lovingly is because we get me all have different roles and revolutions, as I said. So on that note, my name is Langston Mel. This is signing off for 2021. I love y'all. Tell someone y'all love them tonight. Please stay safe. If you have New Year's plans, don't do anything reckless. And I will be seeing you in 2022.
Confused. 